Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio. And I'm joined by Sean Woodley, our good friend over from Locked On Raptors. How's it going, Sean? I'm doing great, buddy. How's it going? Eh, not too bad. I'm doing all right. It's starting to get a little hostile. It's been a very <laughs> long time since we've seen hockey, a very long time since we've seen basketball. That being said, it seems like this is now a time where a lot of people are starting to reflect on uh, sports that have happened in the past. And I don't know if you've been keeping tabs on it. I'm sure you have. But the TSN crew and uh, the the hockey uh, the quiz master has been putting together these all-time lists for these teams. And they've been kind of rolling them out uh, a couple of days apart, team by team. And now this week, it was time for the Maple Leafs. To finally get their chance to see who they had as their Maple Leafs all-time team. And as you could imagine, there was a lot of controversy. (laughs) (laughs) And we're definitely going to talk about that controversy. So throughout this episode, we're going to just tell you guys about the team uh, that TSN picked. And then later on, we're actually, me and Sean, are going to pick our own teams and kind of who we would have picked differently. And then we'll see how they stack up against against TSN's all-time team. So... Sean, first and foremost, just want to get your overall thoughts on what TSN decided to do. And and keep in mind, there were some eligibility criteria. So it's not like you could have had a guy like, uh, you know, someone who lay, they left off their list, like Dougie Gilmore. They couldn't have pushed him off to a wing because he played center. And that mm-hmm. was one of the criteria. You had to pick the, the position that they played. You couldn't take a winger and toss him onto the other side just because they had to play that position when they were with the Leafs. So that was one kind of thing. That that I don't think a lot of people realize when they see the list, they had to be playing those positions, and that I think is important when you're dissecting this list here. Yeah, I was. I found it a struggle, and I'm, I'm I, I sympathize a little bit with the TSN people because yeah, like there are certain positions where there are lots of guys like center. You could have put like eight guys on the team. I think they put like two or three of the wrong ones on the team, but we can get to that later. Um, and then like right wing was pretty strong, but then you get like left wing and defense which for a team that has been pretty bad for a very long time it it makes sense considering they have very few guys who I think are worthy of all-time team status at those positions and so yeah it was certainly difficult I I did not have an easy time sort of whittling it down there are some guys who I wish I could have put on some guys who I'm sure are going to be on at some point in their futures and you know things can change obviously but yeah, it was. Uh, I feel for TSN in a way because they they had a lot of guys to sift through, like a hundred years plus of guys to sift through. At the same time, boy, did they lean hard on the dudes whose entire highlight career, like highlight packs, are captured in, in like point. oil paintings. Yeah, like it's. <laughs> and so I like my criteria to make it easier on myself was just get to get rid of anyone anybody who may have served in World War One, basically. Um, and so I've yeah. I've gone a little bit newer and sort of younger with my team. Some oldies in there as well like some of the classics but yeah it was uh i did not entirely agree with a lot of the tsn list yeah i just think that for for guys like you and i who are still like fairly young individuals we are children. like we not should quite this not, yes <laughs> yeah we're not even 30 years on this planet like we we aren't too familiar with with uh, the king clancy's other than the fact that there's an award named after him even like tim horton if it wasn't for you know the delicious coffee that they make uh, i don't mm, think i would have that's been... a word for it <laughs> <laughs> hey it's a canadian staple <laughs> 
All right, you go wash your mouth out with soap after saying that. I'd rather uh, drink uh, Tim Hortons coffee, uh, or no, that sounds worse than washing my mouth out with soap. What am I talking about? Oh, stop it! You stop it. But, but like for real, like if if he wasn't, um, if if like Tim Hort, like I associate Tim Horton more so with his coffee than his hockey playing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that just goes to show, you know how old these players are that they may have been great players back when they were playing in the 50s and the 60s and for some guys even you know through the 40s and 30s in the case of like Turk Broda um but I just don't really I wasn't there I I I don't watch vintage hockey from the 60s and 70s all that much uh if if at all like if it's on I might tune in just to kind of see it but like I really don't watch it, so I when I'm putting together my list, I'm sure you were kind of the same. It's more so the guys from from the '80s beyond because that's just what I watch most, and that's what I remember, and that's kind of what I grew up on. Like I grew up with my uncle being a huge, huge Wendell Clark fan and a huge, huge Dougie Gilmore fan. Mm-hmm. So the fact that like Gilmore was left off this list, like to me, we're we're gonna talk about the snubs in just a moment. I think that Doug Gilmore is the biggest snub on this list. Uh, and, and I think it just has to do with, you know, the fact that whoever put this list together is a hockey historian and maybe felt the need to, because they are a a team that's over a hundred years old, felt the need to really, really exercise their brains and pick real far back into, into the, uh, the franchise's history. Yeah, well, they it were was winning kind cups because like, they haven't won cups in, in 50, 60 years. That's true, so, and that, I'm sure, matters a little bit here, right? And I'm sure they went to guys who were part of cup teams and whatnot, and a couple of my guys are that, but it, it is sort of like a weird flex, like, oh, yeah, you didn't see Busher Jackson play left wing for the 1929 <laughs> Maple Leafs, but I sure did, and it's just like, okay. like There were six teams in the league, guy. That's the other thing, too, <laughs> is that I really had a hard time with guys who came before expansion because, A, if you look at the hockey, you say you don't want much watch 1960s hockey, you might as well go watch like the, the International Pond Hockey Championships. It's like that quality of like defense and speed and goaltending and maybe all the olds who listen to the podcast too i'm sure many old people listen to podcasts so we're gonna get yelled at i'm sure <laughs> um but like I, I, we're gonna make them mad but it's just like it's not the same it's a very different game and yeah i went with guys who i've actually seen live footage of or i've seen in person or you know with my older guys who i went with i went with guys whose numbers were like undeniable right and that was kind of my deciding factor there were some mm-hmm. guys who were on the team like bob pulford is like the fourth line left winger on the tsn team he averaged like half a point a game or just over that for his career. He just played a lot of games. And so I went with guys, I think sort of the, one of the themes of my team is I went with guys with maybe shorter runs on the team, but who really stood out in those shorter runs as opposed to guys who just kind of compiled numbers because they were in Toronto for a long time in an era right. of the league where there was very little turnover. So that's kind of a little look into my process of making the team at least. Yeah, and that's a really good point, too. Like, the, the teams just are different. And I think how we look at the game now, where it's all speed, skill, and, and it's all, you know, goal scoring is king, I think it was different back in back in the 80s and back in the 70s, 60s, 40s, 30s, some of these guys like Turk Broda uh, and, and Busher Jackson and Sill Apps. But, I, and I think when you look at the TSN list and the hockey historian who put it together, I think that's just a you know, preference that they liken to the old school hockey as opposed to the new school speed and skill factor, which I think is going to make a big difference when we compare our lists to theirs. Uh, all right. So before we, we get into talking about our teams, uh, 
there's always snubs and and to be quite honest with you that always seems to be the biggest talking point in lists like these mm-hmm. the guys who weren't picked as opposed to talking about the players who who were picked um so we're gonna go ahead and do that because that's just what you do um now you you have to feel for these for the guys who put this list together because honestly this is such a hard list you have to go hundreds a hundred years worth of players um and especially when you just you look at the center ice position how deep of a position that was and you look at it you know they have sill apps matt sundin they had to have a modern player so they chose austin matthews as the modern player and then they chose dave keon you could argue sure all of those guys deserve to be there and i'm not going to mention which which aren't on my list but that's not the list that i have mm-hmm. and you even look at the foundational player that they decided to pick and they picked 10 kennedy sure again not a guy that i have on my list but a guy that i do have on my list i'll tell you that little sneak peek that i think is the biggest snub dougie gilmore yeah. like how do you not have doug gilmore on this list that yeah that's crazy i guess it's a matter of like again the number of games played he didn't play quite as many as a sill apps i guess but Again, he's a league leader. He he literally scored what was it 126 points one year, and yeah. and he owns tons of Maple Leafs records. Yeah, and was part of the best team since 1967 for the Leafs as well. Like, yeah, that I feel like you have to have him run, on there. Yeah, for sure. I, I think he he was like the biggest obvious snub to me, and I think the voting at the bottom of the TSN page that had the team on it was also reflecting that that he was the number one uh, snub. Uh, Daryl Sittler is another one too that. Um, didn't make the team who, I mean, like for me growing up in the 90s, it was only like 20 years removed from Daryl Sittler, even like 10 years removed from Daryl Sittler's prime with the Leafs. And so you still heard a lot of stories about Daryl Sittler and how good he was. Those 80s teams were crappy for the most part, but that I don't really know if that was on the team as much as it was just like Harold Ballard just running the ship into the ground. And so like I think Sittler's numbers to me stood out. He's on my team to spoil a little bit ahead. Um, it is tough though, man. Like the, the centers are good. Sill apps, like, yes, he sounds like a baseball pitcher from 1890, but he <laughs> was a guy who won a bunch of cups. It was around a long time. And so I understand why they wanted to put him on there. I think I found a pretty good balance though, with my team of like getting some of the old heads who were sort of the standouts of those earlier pre-modern eras. And then also just kind of sprinkling in a lot of the guys from 80s, 90s, 2000s, who I think are objectively better players and who put up pretty good numbers and who I think are more memorable to people who are even our age or even like older people. I mean, if you're claiming to have watched Busher Busher Jackson, you're lying. You did not see him play between 1829 and 1939 because it wasn't on TV. Like, there's no way you saw him. And so I'm okay with omitting him. Maybe Busher Jackson was like modern or like early days Ovechkin. I don't think he was. And because his numbers numbers weren't overwhelming i decided to leave him off um in lieu of some other guys who i thought were snubs sean i never heard of this player literally until this list came out and I'm no like, his name is busher, busher. Yeah. <laughs> he's the first top line left winger i've yeah. never heard of this player and i know i'm probably being crucified by a lot of the Leafs fans listening like how could you possibly host the Leafs podcast and not ho- know who busher jackson is again i'm sorry this was a hundred years ago like, yeah, like extra, this extra. Busha Jackson scores a hat trick. See, right? Like he literally <laughs> he started playing seventy years before I was born. Yeah, so, so I think we're okay. Forgive me off. for yeah. not knowing who that is. Um, do you want to get to our, to our teams? Let's uh, really quickly though. I do want to go over. I, I kind of just want to go over uh, the defense and yeah. what was picked here 
because something that I found really interesting was that there's not a single defenseman on this list that was picked from the last 30 years. <laughs> the latest defenseman to play for the Leafs that's on this list is Boreas Salming, mm-hmm. and he stopped playing in 1989. Yes. So not a single player from the 90s, 2000s, or the 2010s were good enough to make this list. Does that surprise you? When you think of players like maybe a Morgan Riley, a Thomas Caberlet, uh, Brian McCabe even. Uh, I mean, Fanuf has the name brand. He was a captain. Like, mm-hmm. are you surprised that we didn't see any of those uh, any of those names from the past 30 years on this list? Yeah, you're spoiling ahead to my team a little bit, but I did <laughs> go a little bit more recent with at least a couple of my picks. I'm not – look, man, the, the Leafs have not often had great defensemen, so I'm not exactly surprised that they had – you know, the, the most of their guys come from the 60s, 70s, 80s. Like, that makes some sense to me. But, yeah, I, I think they could have balanced it out a little bit more. And I think I did on my team pretty well also. I think I maintained the old hat a little bit more on my old on my on my defensive side of things as opposed to the forwards a little bit better so the olds will be happy with me for the guys that have on my back uh, on my back end but yeah I mean there's a couple guys in there who I think for sure should be on I think Cobberley will talk about when we get to our teams like he was the staple of the blue line for a long time he you know people had their problems with him people would scream at him to shoot on the power play all the time but I think we've realized that that was stupid and he was probably a very very good smart guy for not shooting all the time from the back end on the power play and working things around and sort of being the quarterback he'd be kind of a perfect player nowadays I think to run a run a power play and he was you know he's one of like the top 20 scorers in franchise history I think even higher than that like he he deserves to be on the team I think and he was I think the most notable defensive snub for sure yeah I totally agree um and he's also going to be on my team too when we get to it uh just for purposes here for people who are listening and aren't aware the defense is uh for this team was picked as follows so Boris Salming and Tim Horton as the first pairing King Clancy Red Horner as the second pairing and then Alan Stanley and Bobby Bond as the third pairing and then for the goaltending they, they went with Turk Broda and uh and Johnny Bauer all right uh let's take a quick uh a quick break here but before we do um before we get into our list, we're going to do those on the other side. I got to tell you all about this new awesome protein bar. Uh, it's called the Built Bar, and it's a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's amazing. It's got 16 flavors, eight chocolate nut flavors, and then eight that are chocolate and nut free. So there's a bar for everyone, 100% covered in chocolate for the ones that are chocolatey. They're soft and easy to chew, and I don't know if you've had any of these, but I certainly did. I bought myself a box, and they're gone within a couple of days not because i was eating them but because the rest of my family just devoured them (laughs) because they were so delicious um the best part about them too is that they're they're healthy so Mm -hmm. if you're you know a health conscious guy you know if you're trying to lose or maintain weight you know you can indulge into a delicious treat you can indulge into these built bars uh they're low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber um it's great my personal favorite the peanut butter brownie it's it's absolutely amazing it tastes just like a peanut butter brownie cookie realistically uh and it's fantastic 20 grams of protein 170 calories three grams grams of sugar and three grams of net carbs that's it so it's uh it's it's a great healthy alternative to a chocolate bar and it's it's good it tastes good too go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your first order use the promo code locked on for ten dollars off at builtbar.com 
All right, welcome back to Locked On Leafs. Uh, Mike DiStefano with you alongside me. Sean Woodley uh, from R- Locked On Raptors, our brother program. Um, so we're just going through the Maple Leafs all-time team that was selected by TSN, and then we're kind of we just spent the past few minutes picking their team apart. And because <laughs> we think we are perfect and we know everything, we're gonna put together our own lists. Uh, so why don't we start off with? Uh, let's start off with the goaltender, or let's start with, you know what, let's start off with the coaching and, uh, and, and general manager. We'll, we'll okay. kind of go from, from the list, from the bottom up to the top to the forward. So for myself, I'm going to start out actually. And I think that there's no way that Pat Quinn can't be the, the coach, the all time coach for the Maple Leafs. And he's a guy who kind of bleeds from the 90s into the 2000s. Right when I was at my eclipse um, and starting my fandom, I would say, I guess not the eclipse, but my, the start of my fandom. And like that 01 run that the Leafs made was uh, was really where I became a hockey fan. Not just a Leafs fan, but a hockey fan. And I've kind of been hooked ever since. Um, and, and Pat Quinn was just that guy. And now I, I, I listen to how players talk to him, like on overdrive when they have guys on and, and the fact, you know, um, Jeff O'Neill talks about him. Darcy Tucker talks about him and they just talk about how great of a human he was, how great of a coach he was. And I think that he hands down, uh, was the best coach in, in Leafs history. I mean, they never won a cup, wasn't part of those cup teams in the sixties and fifties and, and all the way back then, but you know, all time in coaching wins, and uh, I think he's he's the coach for my team. Yeah, I got Pat Quinn too. Uh, you know, we used to both work at TSN 1050. When I was there, I was there the day Pat Quinn died, and oh. basically the entire show was just us calling old Leafs and them talking about him. And it was really fun to hear. As as much as that day sucked because Pat Quinn died, the 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 thoughts and the, the just like the stories of that dude really kind of illuminated what a cool guy he was. And so yeah, I go Pat Quinn as well. Pat Burns is probably the other option here, I guess, uh, considering yeah. he was part of those '90s teams. But Pat Quinn, he like me, he's the first Leaf coach I ever knew. Him and Rick Lee, the assistant coach who was there for like forever, who for, like for some reason is embedded in my brain. Um, but yeah, Pat Quinn for me is uh, is my coach as well. Who do you have as your general manager? <laughs> so with this one, I figured the team is really good. The, the, you can't really add to the team. They're excellent. So let's see if John Ferguson Jr. can go without screwing this up. Oh, so God. JFJ is my GM, mostly because he doesn't have to do any work with this team. He just has to not set anything on fire. <laughs> I, went, I went old school with this one. Uh, Con Smythe. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't know that Con Smythe was the GM of the Maple Leafs. He was actually the second ever general manager of the Maple Leafs, uh, won seven Stanley Cups in between 1930 and all the way into the 50s um, in 13 appearances. So, Con Smythe, he was my general manager selection. Uh, okay, let's go to who's your foundational player? Or do you want to start off with Fords and then kind of do the foundational last? Yeah, so my foundational player, I went okay, much good. like they did on the TSN list with an old guy. Uh, and I went with George Armstrong, who was the fourth line w- right winger on the team TSN put together. I decided to make him my foundational guy. He played for 21 years with the team, 1950 to 1971. He wasn't like a terribly potent offensive player. He's fifth all time in points for the team at 713, but he also played the most games of anybody else at 1188. And because of that, uh, I think 
you know, it, like his pr- prolificness wasn't really there for him to be like an all-timer on my actual lineup, but he was a captain of the team when they won their last cup in 67 and he was there forever and played 20 years. So I think he's for me, my very easy foundational guy. I also had George Armstrong. Look at that. Smart guys. Well, I mean, like a guy played over 1,100 games in a Leaf uniform, uh, part of the final Stanley Cup winning team, 700 points, uh, which is good for, what's this good for, fifth all-time in in Leaf scoring, sixth, sorry, all-time in Leaf scoring. Um, So I I also know George Armstrong as my foundational player. Uh, 21 years, that's a long time, not only to be an NHL, but like with (laughs) one team, 21 seasons Mm -hmm. with the team. His entire career. And like a million cups in that time as well. Yeah. 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 So certainly uh, he's he's a foundational type guy. And hopefully we one day we can look at back and, and see that there's another player that could rival him with just as many cups, but coming from more of the modern era. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's go with our goaltenders. Um, I'll go with this. I'll start this one first. So I went with, for my two goalies, I took Johnny Bauer, mm-hmm. which – I don't think, like, if he's off your list, I don't know what you're doing. Um, Johnny Bauer and Curtis Joseph. Um, you could argue, you know, Felix Potvan, Turk Broda. But, again, Turk Broda uh, could have served in World War II and, and just, you know, we kind of <laughs> decided let's try not to put those men, those guys on these lists. No, World War One. I, I, I was okay with World War Two guys. Oh, right, World <laughs> War One. Okay, well. Regardless, um, I decided to go with Cujo because, again, like I said before, I became a fan of of hockey, and Cujo was my favorite player. Like he was, mm-hmm. I almost converted to a Red Wings fan when he left because I loved him so much, and I was so heartbroken. And well, they had just also won a championship, so it was kind of a combination of things. But um, I I loved him so much, so I couldn't not put him on my team. But I think Johnny Bauer, one hundred percent. Um, is my number one goaltender for my team for, for all-time Leafs. See, you're going to be mad at me. I have Cujo as my backup goalie, who, again, was my favorite player growing up or one of them. He was incredible. Uh, those playoff runs with him just kicked so much ass. And I also was heartbroken when he left for Detroit. But my other goalie is Turk Broda. He played 629 games. He won 304 games. His goals against is very similar to Johnny Bauer. I'm not really sure how to compare eras there, but... Um, for a guy to be your starting goalie for 15 years from 37 to 52, I, I, I plays 11,000 more minutes than anybody else in a Leaf uniform. I kind of had to go with him. Bauer's a very, very tough cut. He's like the first guy on my list of close calls, but uh, I got Broda and Cujo as my goalies. Probably wrongly. I think if there's any position where they got it right, like Broda and Bauer does make some sense. Like their numbers stack up. They're pretty good numbers, even for a time where, you know, goalies weren't wearing masks or pads or anything like that. Um, I just, I wanted one sort of more modern guy and Cujo is the guy that stood out to me. You're leaving off four-time Stanley Cup winner, Johnny Bauer. Yes, I am. Backstop the team to their last cup. <laughs> you could argue that Johnny Bauer, they needed Johnny Bauer to win. And then now that he's not here, the Leafs may never win a cup again. Look, I don't do this lightly because I, I one time met Johnny Bauer while I was working. I was, I was an intern at CTV in Toronto. They sent me to Tony Fernandez's, rest in peace, uh, his charity golf tournament at Angus Glen on like my second day working there. And I got to drive around on a golf cart around the course and just interview all the celebrities. And Johnny Bauer was one of the people I talked to. And he was just like the sweetest man in the world. 
But I, I like Broda's numbers are more long-standing, and I think he won just as many cups. I don't have the numbers right up in front of me. They're all of them seem like cup years back then. Um, and so yeah, I, I went with Broda. It did not come lightly. I almost just went Broda Bauer and gave the TSN list some love, but I needed Cujo in there somewhere. So yeah, I do not do it lightly. Do trust me. He's my first cut. All right, I'll uh, I'll accept it. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's take a look at the defense. Um, so for these, you have to have a a rugged shutdown pairing, which is I, I believe one of the one of the criteria that we had there. So I guess my third pairing was my rugged shutdown type pairing, mm-hmm. and for myself, I had Ally Afraidy and Tim Horton. Those were that was my third down uh, or my third third pairing shutdown partners. Mm-hmm. What are your I, thoughts on those two? I think that's good. I didn't really realize that we had to have like role types filled in on this team, unfortunately. So Aww. I didn't really do that. I mean, I guess my shutdown pairing is Tim Horton on the third pairing with Morgan Riley, who is my modern player. And I think like Riley, yes, he's got the offensive numbers, but I think had he been playing with better players for most of his career, his shutdown resume would look a lot better because he's been playing kind of with garbage his entire career and guys yeah, who can barely true. skate. And so I'm making Riley Horton my shutdown pair and giving Riley the right side defenseman that he's desperately needed for his entire career. All right. Who uh, who else do you have to round out your defenseman? Uh, yeah, Borja Selming is my uh, top pairing left side and then Ron Ellis on the top pairing right side. Um, Ron Ellis's numbers are crazy. He's one of the all-time leading scorers on the team, played a ton of games. I also have a personal connection to Ron Ellis. I had a like my first ever uh, playoff game that I went to. It was the first game of the 2001 or the 99 playoffs. They were playing the Philadelphia Flyers. It was the year they went to the conference finals against the Sabres. And at that game, I was sitting right behind Ron Ellis, and he signed my program uh-huh. on which Brian Berard is the cover athlete. So awesome. I have that, uh, that signed uh, Ron Ellis thing somewhere and so he got the sentimental vote for me as well but his numbers are insane he's i believe fifth all-time or sixth all-time in scoring on the team as a defenseman he scored 332 goals in a thousand games uh played 16 years with the team i uh, i think i can very easily go with ron ellis here yeah i think you totally could too and my second um, pairing by the way is thomas carbolay and ian turnbull Another offensive pairing. I'm cool with that. We're going to score a ton of goals from the back end. Turnbull had 414 points in 580 games, and Carberlay was awesome and is the 11th all-time leading scorer on the team. I had I also had Ian Turnbull on my team, but just for to, to make it work, it's not that I had him as like a top two defenseman of all time, but to make it work, I had it on my top pairing with Bjorius Salming and Ian Turnbull. And then my second pairing, I mean, Carberlay and McCabe. They're yeah, unreal yeah. together. Yeah. Like, and when I, I think that if you're putting together a team to go out and play, like in their prime, oh my God, I can't think of a better pairing than Cabalet and McCabe when they're both in their prime in the, the early 2000s. Like, they were unbelievable, the two of them. So, uh, I, I definitely wanted to get them on this list and I was, I had to pair them up together because, of course. Yeah. Why, why I, that- wouldn't you? McCabe was a close near cut for me as well. I, I thought he just was like just bad enough defensively and just reliant and uh, like so reliant on Carbolay teeing him up for those clap bombs that I just left him off. But yeah, he had a couple really, really good years there. I still haven't forgiven him for tripping Sean Bates uh, in game. <laughs> I don't know what game it was, game three or something against the Islanders in 2002. And that was uh, a real sort of sore spot of contention with me and Brian McCabe in our relationship. I ended 
ended up forgiving him by the time he left for Florida, but uh, he's just off my team. Also, Jake Gardner almost made my team. I know you mentioned Dion Phaneuf. Gardner was, like, I think by far the best defenseman for the Leafs of that era uh, before Riley came in. Like, he gets crapped on because he made some high-profile mistakes here and there, but he was awesome. And I also bought his jersey in his rookie season. And it was one of the best jersey purchases ever made. It like it lasted almost ten years. He was pretty good for that length of time. No one else had a Jake Gardner jersey, at least not from that era. And so, yeah, I uh, I, I almost had him on there. I almost put the sentimental pick as well. It's they just the thing that I realized looking through it and trying to put together my team. The Leafs have had the shittiest defenseman <laughs> of all time. It's bad. Like man. they just cannot pump out D. At all. Like, I think I could probably look at, like, the Nashville Predators from 2013 and that entire top six defenseman from the Nashville Predators, <laughs> probably better than all 30, all defensemen from the past 30 years. Yeah, like, I mean, dating Salming back to was Salming. good. We got to give Salming his love. But he was, he Salming was didn't play 30 years ago. That's fair. So I'm talking yeah. about, like, like, after Salming, yeah. I don't think there's another Leafs defenseman oh, other yeah. than maybe Cabrillet, yeah, who is better than, like, Shea Weber, Roman Yossi, uh, who else? Ryan Suter, uh, Dan Hamhuse. Like, that was <laughs> such a great – they had, they were just a defense – just pumped out D. That's all they did. Yeah. And they also uh, – who they draft that year, too, defenseman. But they ended up shipping out for Ryan Johnson. Seth Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, they just pump out D. Ryan Ellis, Dante Fabro. Like, that's all – that Nashville yeah. does. We don't need PK Subban. We have all these other defensemen over here. <laughs> exactly. Like right. Like yeah. I know he's kind of fallen off the wayside a little bit, but you know that that's that was the thing. It's like eh, we don't want to be paying our fifth defenseman nine million dollars. So let's 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 move him out. Mm-hmm. Let's get him out of here. Like the Leafs would love PK Subban. Uh, maybe not now, but in the summer when you didn't know that he was going to be asked this year, <laughs> they would have loved him. Uh, but yeah, I think that's that's something that I realized when I was trying to put together my team. Like I put Ian Turnbull as my top right shot defenseman. Yeah. So that goes to tell you kind of how porous the the Leafs' deed, at least the right side especially, has been literally the entire hundred year existence of this team. Uh, all right. Let's hit up the forwards. Uh, so my top line, I had Wendell Clark, Dave Keon, and Rick Vive. Okay. I have all yes. three of those guys. They're not on the, those lines, but uh, I do have all three of those guys. I I, I mean, personally, TSN, uh, they had Dave Keon as the fourth center. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you don't put Dave Keon as the number one center on this team. He's my fourth center. How? <laughs> How is he your fourth center? I don't because there's I mean it's interchangeable. Let's put it that way. I think all four centers are very good. We're rolling four lines here under Pat Quinn. He's not you know favoring one line or another. I just had some like setups where I really wanted a certain winger with a center, and so it's not so much that I'm you know going out of my way to to, to you know ruin the the sanctity of Dave Keon's career or anything like that. I just wanted certain guys playing with other certain guys. 858 points, 1,062 games. He's third all-time in Leaf scoring. Yeah, it's unimpeachable. He's on the team, obviously. Well, wasn't and he the uh, the number one player on the top 100 Leafs team? 
I think so. Here's okay. Here's what I'll do. I'll make a change on the fly here. Just no, swapping no, you, up my you lines. You have your team. You have your okay, team. Okay, fine, fine. You do you. You do you, man. <laughs> I mean, TSN had him as a fourth line too. I just thought it was insane mm-hmm. to have him that low in your lineup. I don't know. That's just that's just me. I I I grew up with you know thinking Dave Keon was basically the Wayne Gretzky of like the Leafs. <laughs> Not Wayne Gretzky, but Again, you know what I'm saying. We're we're running four lines here. I'm not terribly upset about me having him on the fourth line, especially with who he's playing with, and we'll get to that. All right, so yeah. who do you got? Uh, roll through your top six for me. Okay, my top line, I have Matt Sundin as my top line center. I've got Frank Mahovlich as my top line left winger and Charlie Conacher as my top line right winger, and that's about it plus Keon for uh, super old dudes. Mahovlich, like I always heard his name a ton growing up. He seemed very, very good. He is pretty high up. He's seventh all time in Leafs scoring. It's 597 points in 720 games. Uh, and also, he was on that 67 Cup team. Also, Charlie Conacher, like one of the only old guys who I've actually heard of. And he also had some pretty good numbers. And I think I'm, I'm just glad to give Matt Sundin the wingers he deserves. I was thinking about putting Jonas <laughs> Hoagland on this team just for old time's oh, sake. God. But no, thank you. We got Mahovlich and Conacher finally giving Sundin some wingers. Uh, for me, so like I said, Wendell Clark, Dave Keon, Rick Vives, my top line. And then I also had Frank Mahovlich and Matt Sundin on the line together. And then here's where I decided to use my modern player. And I put Mitch Marner mm. on my right side here. Um, could you imagine what Sundin might have been able to do if he had a player like Mitch Marner on his wing? Would have been disgusting. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, just set him up all day long open up the ice for him. It would have been unreal. And then you add in Frank Mahovlich too. Like that could have been a a studly line. Um, All right. So my shutdown line, my third line, shutdown line, I had uh, Dougie Gilmore as my center, possibly one of the best two-way centers in Leafs history. Lanny McDonald as my right winger. And then I just pretty much went and took a look at, uh, you know, all-time penalty minutes. And I was like, all right, who was some <laughs> rough and tough guys who were out there and just wanted to fight everybody, uh, but also had a little bit of a scoring touch. And I was just taking a look, taking a look, and one name stuck out to me. And it's not Ty Domi. Tiger Williams. Okay. So I went with. Tiger Williams, who played 407 games in a Leafs uniform, scoring 241 points in those games, too. 1,670 penalty minutes, which is second to only Ty Domi, who just had an absurd amount of penalty minutes. Uh, But that was only in six years. Six Mm -hmm. years. So if Tiger Williams would have played the amount of games that Domi had, I think he would have surpassed him. Um, So I had to put Tiger Williams there as my shutdown guy, just go out there, intimidate people, and uh, play defense and chip in a little bit when Dougie shovels the puck your way. Uh, And then for my fourth line, I went with, this is just literally just a name that I hear a lot, never actually watched him play, but Gary Lehman. Mm -hmm. Then I went with Daryl Sittler, and believe it or not, I went modern with Phil Kessel. Yeah! Yeah, I did go with Phil Kessel because I think Kessel was criminally underrated when he was here with the Leafs. Yeah, it's um, not his fault the rest of the team sucked. Like, no, and he was ugh. always a scapegoat. Like, oh, you, can, you can't win with Phil. You can't win with Phil. You just can't do it. And that was proven wrong literally like the year, a year or two after shipping him off to, to Pittsburgh, went on to win back-to-back cups with the Penguins mm-hmm. and was a star and probably should have won the Conn Smythe uh, the first year that they won when they gave it to Crosby. Uh, but Phil Kessel, like his time 
in Toronto doesn't get celebrated nearly enough, not as much as it should. 446 games, 394 points. So almost, he's about 50 points shy from from being a point-per-game player. And and that's in an era where the Leafs just sucked. Mm -hmm. He had to do everything on his own. And the fact that he was able to produce that much, literally, he was produced more than Busher Jackson, who only had 351 in more games played. Like, how do you not have Phil Kessel on this lineup when you're thinking about all-time Leafs? I know that... He just always got the the tough end of the stick, but he was a great player for this team that was pretty much a laughing stock for almost a decade. Yeah, Kessel's like maybe the second most talented, third most talented Leaf I've ever seen. I, you know, maybe Marner kind of muddles that up a little bit in Tavares, but it's Perennial like Matthews goal scorer. Yeah. It's like Matthews, Sundin, and Kessel for me that are the guys who are the most talented Leafs I've ever seen. Um, so I have Kessel on my team too. He's actually on my second line. Uh, at center for him, he finally has not Tyler Bozak as his center. It's Daryl Sittler. And then on the left wing, reuniting the boys, it's James Van Riemsdyk, baby, uh, mm. who I think was very good and kind of slept on. And I think Kessel and JVR with Daryl Sittler and not Tyler Bozak. Gotta love Tyler Bozak, but come on. Um, it's a it's an absurdly good line that I'm uh, very happy to have as my number two line. And then my third line I have is my shutdown line. I got Doug Gilmore at center. I've got Rick Vive as sort of like a the scoring element on that line. And then the left wing, my favorite leaf of all time, Gary Roberts. Hey, I almost put Roberts in over Gary Lehman, but like Lehman's just mm. a player who constantly comes up in conversation so i was like you know he must be an all-time leaf and like i looked up his stats and they're they're pretty good too i think he's right underneath phil kessel uh in in the all-time goal scoring list 176 goals uh, in a leaf uniform 407 points in 500 games through 10 years so i decided to put him up there but gary roberts was a strong consideration for my team as well that just missed the cut yeah roberts only played like a couple full years that's the thing right but yeah he didn't have that longevity yeah, I'm putting him on. See, I don't really care about longevity. I'd rather just like the peak of the guy's powers with the team as we'll get to on my fourth line. Fair enough. Um, but I wanted like Roberts because I just that 2002 Cup run or the the like the run to the conference finals where Sundin got hurt. Like yeah. Gary Roberts carried the team on his back through the first two and a half rounds of that se- of that playoff run, and I'll never forget that. He was incredible, and I love Gary Roberts forever. I still have a jersey that barely fits me anymore uh, from that era. My first ever Leafs jersey was a Gary Roberts jersey, and he seems to fit very well on a grind line next to Gilmore and Vive, where you've got some sandpaper, you've got the talent, and that, that line's going to score a ton of goals. I don't necessarily believe in shutdown lines, so uh, you know I could have gone with Mike Brown, Fraser McLaren, and Cole nor but I chose against that and went Dougie uh Gary Roberts and Rick Vibe instead and then my fourth line to wrap it up I have Dave Keon as the center Wendell Clark as the left winger and then Alex McGilney as my yes. right winger who is slept on at you know he didn't play very long kind of like Roberts only played a couple years with the team but was the only guy during Sundin's run with the team who to lead the team in scoring for a season and was the perfect winger on that team and I loved Alex McGilney yes he probably had better days you know during his devil's run and things like that but he was awesome for the short time he was with the Leafs and so he's my fourth line right winger yeah no no doubt that McGillney's one of the best players to ever play for the Leafs and uh, a couple of weeks ago 
um, with a, a friend of mine uh, who works in the in the industry over at Sportsnet. We put together, we did like a, a dueling mock draft, and we weren't putting mm-hmm. it together like an all-time Leafs roster, but we were just doing like all-time players who played for the Leafs. So a guy like like uh, like McGillney was eligible. Players like uh, Brian Leach were eligible. Um, mm-hmm. Who else played? Like Eric Lindros technically was eligible. And McGillney was very, very high on my list. I think I took him in like the fourth or fifth round or something like that. So uh, yeah. he's certainly – his better days didn't come as a Leaf. But when you look at it in terms of players who played in a youth Leaf uniform, certainly, certainly one of the best of all time. Yeah, he was awesome. Uh, love me some McGillney. And I think as a fourth-line winger with Dave Keon and Wendell Clark, that fourth line is going to score some goals. Oh, for sure. Like, these – these, <laughs> could you imagine if these were actually teams and, like, they got to play against each other? Like, somehow you could just <laughs> put everybody back to their prime, put them all in the lineup, and, and just watch them play against a, a team, like another team, stack them up against whatever, like Edmonton's best team or, or Montreal's best team. Um, and just let them go up against each other. Like that would be unreal. Could you imagine? How much would you pay to go watch a game like that live? Like you, you could probably sell tickets for like a million dollars. Oh yeah, like, I'm not absolutely. kidding. But like, if they had the technology <laughs> to like put uh, like Matt Sundin as as a 27 year old Matt Sundin, bring Keon back to 26 year old Dave Keon, like Doug Gilmore when he when he led the league in scoring with 126 points, like those years specifically. And you could kind of turn the clock back and put them all and just have them all play against one another. That'd be, oh, there's there's a probably not a dollar figure that I'd be willing to, that I wouldn't be willing to pay to see that. Um, yeah, there have been some uh, not very good Leafs teams in history, but if you combine them all together, you almost have a pretty good roster. <laughs> <laughs> would you it look at that? It only took 100 years. Would you look at that? Um, they'd certainly win a cup. That's for sure. Yeah. Who are your sort of toughest snubs? Yeah, so that's what I was going to get to next. Um, For me, one of my tough snubs, uh, I think Gary Roberts was one of them just because because he was so good for, for, for the Leafs. Uh, but my toughest snub was was Morgan Riley. Like I, I honestly mm. think that he should have been there. And if it wasn't for me having to have like a shutdown pairing, I probably would have him here behind Salming and Caberlet. But because I needed you know a tough guy shutdown pairing, which is just because that's what was in TSN's uh, in their all time list criteria. Um, I probably would have had him there. So it was a really really tough call. I was thinking if I wanted to, I technically could maybe get around it because he did play the right side for for a little bit um when he first came up with the Leafs uh so I was like uh technically he played on the right side but I decided Mm -hmm. uh not to not to cheat I guess um yeah I'm sorry I cheated and put Morgan Riley on my uh on my shutdown pair but I believe in his defensive abilities if paired with a capable partner Uh, yeah okay yeah that's (laughs) if paired with a capable partner which honestly he's (laughs) never had yeah which is so unfortunate so unfortunate uh who's your biggest snub uh so i think my toughest one i had like ted kennedy on there gary lehman was a tough one felix podvan was like close to being in that top three goalies for me as well uh in that 
Broda Joseph uh, Bauer conversation, and then you know like still apps. Some of the older guys that were on the other team, I felt bad yeah. taking them off because they had great careers, but uh, I didn't really have that much trouble leaving still apps off. If I'm being honest, uh, Lanny McDonald didn't make my team either. I thought there were too many right wingers, and I wanted both Kessel and McGilney there, so I took him off. Uh, and Matthews, I mean Matthews is incredible and is yeah. already like top twenty in scoring in franchise history or something close to it. And so I was very close to putting him on, but I couldn't quite get there. I know they put him on the team as their their modern guy, but I, I just I had to leave him off, even though yeah, where he is, he's like very high already up. He's twenty eighth in goals with one fifty eight in four seasons. He's gonna be so high on this list by the time we get hockey back, if that ever happens again. Like I would imagine, depending on how long he plays with the team, obviously. If I had to put money on Matthews going down as the all-time leading goal scorer for the team and being like the top-line center for this team in 10 years, I think I'd probably bet. put money on that. Um, but it's just a little bit too soon for me. Yeah, it's a good bet. And like, if the season would have ended, I have full, full confidence that he would have broke Rick Five's scoring record and would have mm-hmm. been the all-time uh, Leafs goal scorer in, in a single season. I think he would have scored 55, 56, 57, maybe even goals this year. And, uh, and, and that would have been just incredible um and leaving him off my roster as well was was tough he was another big snub uh by my by me but like i just couldn't get over not putting like sittler or gilmore on this team um and then mm-hmm. i just i thought about oh i gotta put them there as a foundational player but i was like he hasn't really played long he doesn't have the longevity yet to be considered a mm-hmm. quote-unquote foundational guy for my team so that's why i, I didn't decide to put him there um, but certainly if we do these, redo this list again in five years, there's no doubt about it that he's going to have to kick somebody off this list. Maybe that's when Dougie Gilmore ends up making his way off the team for me, or maybe even Daryl Sittler. I think Sittler would be the guy I bump, you know, just looking ahead 10 years. Cause yeah. you know, I mean, I guess I could be the uh, terrible young person and kick off Dave Keon, but you're right. Like his numbers are insane. <laughs> he was the, the legend of the team. So yeah, I think Sittler's the next guy to get knocked off for Matthews for sure. Yeah, I totally agree with you. That was fun, man. That was really fun. I really appreciate you taking yeah, the time man. doing this with me. Thanks for having me on, as always. Yeah. I guess not, as always. It's only This is the first time I've been on, but we'll do it again soon, I'm sure. <laughs> we should. We really should, because although you are the host of Lockdown Raptors, you also are a big-time Leafs fan, and just like the rest of us, you love talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I'm definitely going to have to have you on again, and, and we'll we'll chat about this uh We'll certainly do it again in five years and kind of take a revisit. But until then, we'll we'll chat about what's going on in uh, in modern hockey too, and just have some good old conversation. Yeah, the next time there's a pandemic, for sure, we'll talk about historical stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then in the meantime, yeah, if they ever get back, I'd like to do something where you know I've always been fascinated by like the rivalry between Leafs and Raptors fans when the playoffs are going on and mm. like the petty whining that goes on about like, I want to be in Jurassic Park to watch the game, but I want to be there. It, it gets very, very babyish and stupid. And so I'd like to do a podcast about that. Mostly just to tell people to stop being babyish and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. We'll have to link up again and, uh, and definitely get that underway. Hopefully we get to have a playoffs this season and we'll be able to have that conversation. Although there won't be a Jurassic Park this year. I can guarantee you that. Even if there is a playoffs, (laughs) won't be a Jurassic Park. Uh, All right, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You'd subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. You can follow Sean. Sean, what's your Twitter? 
Uh, at Woodley Sean. And uh, Locked On Raptors, obviously, as well. All right. Yeah, definitely go check out the show, Locked On Raptors. But if you're still looking for some more hockey fix, you can check out Locked On NHL for the latest news and notes around the hockey world and the NHL. Check it out. That's Locked On NHL. But that's going to do it for us. Uh, Later this week, actually, I'm going to have an interview with former Leafs PR director uh, Pat Park. So that'll be really fun. Looking forward to bringing that to you guys. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.